0: Hello and welcome to the Everything Is Black and White podcast. It's a special edition of the Monday Show on Friday because we couldn't leave this week without myself and Aaron getting together to brief preview the wee time dog. Yes, it is a day away. Are we all excited, ladies and gents? Let us know in the comments if you're watching live on Facebook or YouTube. How are you feeling? Are the nerves kicking in yet? Me and Aaron have kind of been asking the same question to each other throughout the day. (laughs) Our feelings have changed since this morning. Aaron, before we start, did you have a nice Christmas and New Year? Yeah, lovely
1: Christmas, lovely New Year. It feels like a long time since I've been on this podcast. I think it's been a good couple of weeks. I don't know whether the nerves in my stomach are about being back here or about the
0: Derby tomorrow morning. We'll say it's about the Derby, but it's a nervous excitement, I think. I was dreading it the early part of this week, uh, but now I'm, just, I'm excited about it. I'm excited to cover it as a fan. I'm excited for it. How are you feeling about it? Um, I think I was probably one of the few Newcastle United
1: fans um, who wasn't popping the uh, the champagne corks when that third-round draw was made. I've been sort of dreading it ever since. Um, I think I've still got the scars from the six in a row and I still haven't been able to truly get over them. Um, and I think knowing me, I think it'll get a kick-off tomorrow and the nerves will have just built even more until until that first goal goes in from Isaac.
0: What have you made of the build-up? Because... I did a video earlier on, on YouTube, and if you haven't seen it, go, go and see it. It was all about what's happened at the stage like, uh, yesterday, and then also got to see the FA Cup, which was in the end store on Grey Street. And I said about the build-up, it, it seems like it's been a bit of a strange week. And I wonder, because it's been so long since the last derby, mm-hmm. March 2016, if in a way the fans and the media have kind of forgotten how to cover a derby or how to build up to one.
1: Yeah, I, th- I think you could say that. I think... Um it doesn't actually help Newcastle that It's been such a manic period over Christmas with big games, big defeats that have maybe taken the eye off it a little bit. Um, I think Newcastle United can count their lucky stars at the week they've had, not by anything they've done, but by what their rivals have done down the road. Um, My partner's uh, father, who I was texting about yesterday, said they haven't just shot themselves in the foot, they've machine gunned their own foot. And I think that's the only way you can describe it because... Um, I've got written down on my note here, WTF, um, how on earth has that been signed off?
0: Yes, so this is all about the Black Cats Bar, the hospitality area where the Newcastle United fans or some of the Newcastle United fans will be enjoying the game from. And of course, you guys have all seen what went down. Uh, how shall we describe it? How are you <laughs> describing it? I mean, you've written um, WTF. Uh, well, yeah, I, I wrote a piece
1: today uh, about it and, and I think I described uh, in a couple of ways, I described it as carnage um, for all. Look, I I don't know how you describe it. At first, when when let us take fans back to about one two p.m. Thursday afternoon, and the the images start coming
0: through on yes, social. Just explain first of all for those yeah. who haven't seen it, it might be on their rock. What what are they missing? For
1: those who haven't had access to social media uh, or their phone for the last twenty four hours, Sunderland um, took the decision upon themselves to decorate their. Uh, black Cats Bar, which is usually their home-end bar for uh Sunderland fans to enjoy a pre-match pint. Newcastle fans are going to be situated there um tomorrow afternoon and they decided, um after having plans sent to them by Newcastle, to decorate it in black and white merchandise, flags, um, Newcastle United-related slogans. Um, and at first, when I first saw it on social media, I thought, okay, maybe that's war flags so who have went in and done it. Then when I hear it was actually Sunderland accepting it off their own back and Sunderland volunteers going in there and doing it um, I was thinking surely this this is, it's got to be a wind-up, it's got to be a fake right
0: it's not, the, it's not the preparation that you'd want from a Sunderland point of view, the club having to come out and release his statements and then the owner going on to Instagram and saying he was disgusted with what he saw, I mean two days before the biggest game arguably in a generation, Newcastle of course have faced Champions League and have faced the, the Carapar Cup, but this is a huge game but from a Sunderland point of view this is this is arguably the biggest game they've had in many years, that's not the ideal preparation at all, is it?
1: I think, well, I was speaking to my partner about last night and she maybe naively didn't really get why it was such a big deal. And, go, and she going, you know, why are Sunderland fans making such a big deal about this? Is it not a nice thing to do? And and I was saying, well, it, 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 rightly, Sunderland fans are thinking, you are rolling the red carpet out to our closest rivals 24 hours before Derby and then it's getting plastered on social media. I mean, somebody made a very good point of Sunderland fan on social media last night. Those images are going to be around for decades. Mm. Everybody is going to remember that time that Sunderland openly did that for Newcastle. And the only way I think Sunderland um, sort of put a bit of damage limitation on it is by beating Newcastle tomorrow. And if they don't, I think it's just going to add to Newcastle fans as mocking in the next couple
0: of days. Yeah, I think Barnsley from BBC Radio Newcastle said it's something that I'll be talking about for the next 50 it years will, of and it, it, it is will. up there because it is an absolute baffling decision and it's it, it, it's funny uh, from a Newcastle United point of view but if it was the other way around you'd be you'd be equally as fuming as, as some of the fans were and of course they've got the other issue as well of I don't know the exact number but a lot of fans have been displaced from yeah. their usual seats to allow the additional Newcastle United fans of the 6,000 are going to sit there. Now, obviously, there's been safety concerns and what have you, so decisions decision has been made. Then you've got the FA Cup rules, which means uh, Newcastle rightly applied for more tickets than would have been usually allowed for a league game in Sunderland of a grade. But that does mean quite a few fans have, have been moved. That was already boiling away. That was already making people angry. It had kind of died down a little bit. But I think what's happened over the last twenty four hours, you know, you've got two really you've got two decisions that have angered Sunderland fans and, and going into a game where you really want to be united, that hands a massive boost, a massive advantage to Newcastle off the pitch, doesn't well, it?
1: Well there's actually a third point that there's we haven't third. mentioned and that is I don't know if you saw this on social media. Again, I thought it might have been a wind up. That they actually printed the tickets on League One I tickets. Saw this, yes. Now, that would have got them a fine. Um, it looks like in the last hour or two, Sunderland have, have, have rectified that and had to send all those tickets back out to Newcastle with the proper um, FA Cup logo and branding on to avoid getting a, f- a fine from the FA. But that yesterday just capped off what was a, a truly horrendous day from a Sunderland point of view. Now, I wrote about this a couple of hours ago, and I, I might be in the min- minority here, but. It's actually calmed my nerves a little bit about tomorrow and I think because Newcastle United have been on such a bad run of form, everything was against them, all the pressure's been on us and Sunderland fans should have been using the last couple of days to talk about Michael Beale and, you know, new manager Bounce, Eddie Howe being on the brink, uh, Newcastle's poor form and actually, instead, they've spent the last two days calling for their own owners and chairman and board members to resign. It's an absolute gift by uh, for Newcastle, wrapped up by Sunderland, but if they don't beat them tomorrow, then it's, it, it counts for little, nothing. It, it yeah. matters nothing, does it really? I mean,
0: the, 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 it's a, it's a distraction. I think in yeah. many ways for for Newcastle because you're right. You know, if you look at their form, their injuries, it doesn't paint a good picture coming into this game. And what that does is, you, you as a fan, Newcastle fan, you've kind of sat back, got the popcorn out, and just watched Sunland kind of implode upon itself. But you are right. Unless Newcastle do it on the pitch, it, it doesn't really matter. At all, um. Let's talk about those injuries then. I mean, the main one uh, is Kevin Trippier faces a late fitness test. Callum Wilson just won't be involved, which I'm absolutely gutted about because I think this is this was his fixture, his his game. And I know people will be saying, well, even if he was fit, I would have played Isaac. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't. I would have started Callum Wilson. Newcastle's number nine, and I would have said, go out, put your name in history books, because this is probably the last. The last derby he'll play for Newcastle and he won't play at all. Um, I'm good he's not involved, Callum Wilson.
1: It's sort of a running theme this season because you, you remember him speaking so passionately on his own podcast about having to miss those first couple of Champions League games with injury. He obviously plays against Dortmund um, away from home, comes off injured.
0: Um, it's really been a nightmare uh, campaign for him. I just want to ask the people watching and you guys listening, who had eight minutes and 30 seconds on the clock before this question came up? Aaron knows exactly what it is. It's the debate about Newcastle needing a third striker. You guys, regular listeners and viewers of the podcast, will know where I stand. I've been banging on about it since the summer. Aaron, have you changed your mind given now Callum Wilson's set to miss the next two games? Do Newcastle United need a third striker?
1: It's, it's moving It's moving slowly up my priority list. And look, that's that's I'm giving you a fair, and honest. I don't know. Here. I don't know what you're watching, or what you're looking at. But if if you said to me, and I'm you know Dan Ashworth, Dan Ashworth goes to Manchester United in the next couple of weeks in the Saron, we've heard you on the podcast. We think you'd be the the right man to step into his shoes. Where do Newcastle United need to prioritise? I think. Well, firstly, you, if you're going if you're going to sign one player this month, I think it's a central defensive midfielder, or it's a right midfielder, a right winger, um. And then I think maybe third on the list is a, is a third choice striker. I think what what I will say though, and I know, I know we have this question brought up loads and we jest about it, but I think it's getting to the stage now. We're in the summer, I banged on about and it. it needs to be a third choice striker, someone young, someone hungry, who can sort of sit in behind these two. I think I've changed my mind on that a bit. Um, and I'm not totally writing Callum Wilson off here, but I think we're maybe now getting to the stage where somebody needs to come in and, and battle Isaac on a more regular basis. I'm just not sure it's this month.
0: Mm. I think in an ideal world, if they had the money and the ability the to, to move... Which yeah, yeah. you know, they don't, f- ha- yeah. If they had,
1: yeah. I think in the summer, we'll see a lot more movement. I think that's the time to do it. I think we'll see real strides made. But I think this month, we know their limitations with FFP. Yeah. I think they're scouring that loan
0: market. Um, I mean, for me, my my thoughts on it have just been reaffirmed I said I think a couple of months back that the need a striker to come in and, and rival Isaac yeah. and Wilson for now for this very moment and given the fact he's out for, for, for another two games at least would be my gut instinct I think a number a new number nine is, is, is not that far off I would still keep Callum Wilson in if you can sell the bit pot roll to him. I think he probably would. He would. He would. He would buy it if this he will manage you right, and you'll still get you know ten, fifteen games a season, Callum. Because when you are on form, you you know you're brilliant. But we need someone who we can rely on 30, 35, 30 mm-hmm. games to a season. Like you say, the, the money they've got to play with this this journey, we, we won't see it, I don't think, either on loan or indeed a permanent striker. But definitely in the summer, they need to go out and buy a striker who can hit the ground running, in my view. What happens to Callum Wilson, we'll uh we'll we'll, we'll wait and see. But hopefully, it is just the two games he misses. Wrench and Keevan Trippier late fitness test. What we, we discussed this that off, is off,
1: just... off air, didn't we? <sighs> I can't, I can't even be annoyed at it because it's just the perfect vintage Eddie Howe answer the day before Derby. Because we've just been talking about it in the office, haven't we, off air? What on earth does that mean? Is he fit and, it, and it's Eddie Howe knows he's fit? Is he not fit and he doesn't want to let the cat out of the bag? It's anybody's guess. Um, When when the news first came out about Wilson and Trippier missing Liverpool um, in the last couple of days, it was suggested that it would be both of them. Eddie Howe gave two very different answers this morning. He said, Callum Wilson, he's definitely out the Derby. He's definitely out of Manchester City. Um, they'll try and get him back for Villa because they've got a nice two-week break there. Trippier, he said, we'll, we'll give him a late go now. This is the argument. Well, not the argument. This is the discussion we were having in the office just half an hour ago. If Kieran Trippier is 60 70%, do you go for him from the outset? Or do you think he's not fully fit? He hasn't been right the last couple of weeks. He's clearly out of sorts. We don't risk him. Well, and I think this is where we're going to differ. Yeah. Maybe
0: I, I feel before I answer that question, just just briefly on on the, on the comments about Callum Wilson and, and and Eddie Howe being so open and honest about the situation, he doesn't often do that. Mm. Do you read more into that, or do you read that that is two games? Because often he'll say, "Oh, we'll see, we'll wait and see." You know, we've we've seen it with previous Callum Wilson injuries that he he's he's very rarely said he's going to be missing X Y Z, but he's actually come out and he said it this time. And that's. Just something a little bit intriguing. I don't know whether you, we read too much into that or we take it at face value. I think I've long given up
1: trying to read <laughs> into anything Eddie Howe says about injuries. But I think one thing we, one thing I've noticed a lot of times, and he does it a lot, is that he'll say, OK, we're going to have a really late look at this player on a Friday afternoon, and then it comes to Saturday lunchtime when the team gets announced and the player's not even in the squad. And I think Eddie Howe then comes out and says, oh, he's not close. I think Eddie Howe knows so much more than he lets on about these players that like he says is on the edge, which to me makes me lean towards maybe Trippier not playing tomorrow but if he starts I would not be surprised at that Well moment, I wouldn't
0: either and this is like you say the discussion we were having in the office just before we came on air I think if uh, and Trippier is 60-70% fit I think Eddie Howe might risk him personally I wouldn't do because I'm not sure that's the right situation the right game to do that uh, you know, the, the fierce atmosphere, and of course, he's played in big, big fixtures. Key and Trippier and 100% fit Keegan Trippier, 100% starts. But if he's 60% fit, how mentally fit and ready is he to bounce back from what's happened in recent weeks? I think he has to be fully fit to start, in my view. But I do think if there's a chance he can start, Eddie Howe will we'll pick him. To it's do so. tricky,
1: isn't it? Because my argument when we were having this discussion was. Would you not rather a 60-70% Trippier in that squad in the biggest game of the season in a derby where he's going to lead rather than him not? And I think one thing we've got to remember is this isn't just Kieran Trippier coming back from a knock that he's picked up and he's trying to shake off. This is Trippier with a knock who's really, really struggling for form, who's clearly got stuff going on outside the game. You know, he's withdrawn from England duty. A lot of secrecy around that. You know, it clearly hasn't been a good period for him. You've got to take that into account as well. I think, honestly, it's anybody's guess tomorrow. But I think if it was me, and you, you know, you're asking me right now, I don't think we see trip yet tomorrow. I
0: think he'll be doing everything he possibly can to it start. Are, of course. But whether that in the long term is the right thing to do, I, I'm not too sure. And I know you'll want to play this game because it is the game. But I just wonder whether putting him into that, that kind of situation is the right thing to do. For me, I'd play Emile Craft... Right back and Tina Livermento left-back. Again, what I think will happen, and I said this on the match preview with John Gibson, is that if Kieran Trippier isn't fit, I think he'll play Tina Livermento right-back and Dan mm-hmm. Burn left-back, which again opens up another question because I don't think that would be the right decision either. But of course, Eddie Howe sees his players week in, week out, which is the caveat. This is just our opinion. We're not there you know, during the week. But again, I don't know if Dan Byrne... Do you think Dan Byrne will start? And, and, and Is he kind of... But edging his, uh, hedging his bet on, on, on that Jordy commitment, enthusiasm coming through in someone like Dan Byrne to raise his level of performance, which is, which is my opinion, been missing over the last three games.
1: Yeah, I think so. I think we've, we've seen with how recently, especially in the last couple of weeks when things haven't gone right, he's got a real loyalty to some players. And I think Dan Byrne's one of them. I think there's no doubt that Dan Byrne has been rushed back far too soon from that back injury that kept him out. Um, before Christmas, I think we're seeing the after-effects of that now, I think the second half at Liverpool, he looked really, really exposed, but also um, that first half against Liverpool, I thought there was real flashes, he gets up the pitch, he scores that goal, which was ruled out um, and I think there was a lot of, I don't know if you saw it before the Liverpool game, but just a, a little quick glance at social media before kickoff and there was a lot of sticking with Dan Burnham and the fact he'd started and the fact that he hadn't gone for Tino Livramento out at left back Um, I think if Dan Byrne does play tomorrow it's a huge game for him personally to try and get back on track because we're starting to see him I don't think he's quite in the Miggie category yet where he's maybe being made the scapegoat but I don't think he's too far off it and I think it goes back to something that we've been talking about for months and that is if Newcastle United want to be Champions League every season going for in Cups finishing the top four Miggy and Byrne eventually become squad players, and they're not. They're being asked to run at the ground every week, um, in competitions they've never played in, and I think maybe we're seeing a little bit of after effects on that.
0: It'll certainly be interesting to see if Patrick Roberts passes the late fitness test for Sunderland. Might Beale be earlier in the week that he's a doubt, but of course that could have quite easily just be my <laughs> mind games. And hmm. um, but you know, p- people of a Sunderland persuasion think he's absolutely brilliant and he's he's a Premier League quality player. So it'd be interesting to see him going up against uh, Dan Byrne. And then you've got Jack Clark on the other side, which Newcastle are going to have to keep quiet as well. You know, Of course, though, I think overall the ability is in Newcastle United Affairs, but it's not about that, though, is it? It's about the desire and the want in the derby. And it's really intriguing to look at the players who, who've either grown up watching a derby, Aaron, or have experienced playing in one and you're mm. looking at Jamal LaSalle's you're looking at Paul Dummett was probably there the last time as well yeah. other than that don't think there's there's any, there's there's any others who are featured but then you have the likes of Byrne, Longstaff, Miley Anderson. might be a little bit young to remember the last well 2016 so yeah. you know but you know uh, yeah, Anderson another one Jacob Murphy how important is it that those players and that and anyhow mentioned in his press conference today that he, did, he yeah. kind of said I let them talk to the other lads to explain all about it. I mean, what what will they be saying, do you think? Well, it was
1: funny. I could have given you a really um detailed answer about what they were saying behind the scenes, because Eddie Howe got asked about it this morning, he said, I'll keep that internally. Um I, do. I don't want to reveal to the world what was said. What would you be saying? <sighs> I'm trying to put myself in in Dan Burn and Longstaff shoes here because those two, instantly when Eddie Howe said it this morning that he let the Jories sort of set the scene about the Derby, I imagined Bernard Longstaff stood in the dressing room trying to talk to them and giving a, you know, a brave heart esque speech to the likes of Isaac and, and Bruno, who have never, you know, probably heard of Sunderland before they arrived at Newcastle. I don't know what they'll be saying, but I bet it was inspiring. I bet it was heartfelt. Um, and and anyhow made no bones about it this morning. The players know what it means. Alexander Isak gave a, a fantastic interview just two weeks ago, where he spoke about the Derby, and it was as if Isak had been playing, you know, Castle in England at least for a very long time. He got it, you know, he he, he gets what it means, and I think um, yes, they've had to park this game given how long ago the draw was and the games they've had in between. But make no bones about it, I think Eddie Howe and the team behind the scenes have done all they can to make sure nobody is going out on that pitch tomorrow, and not realising what this game means as an Newcastle United fan.
0: One hundred percent. And you probably just need to print off the picture of Shearer with a bloody bandage yep. around his head back in the day. That'll 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 dare, let you know exactly what it means and exactly the kind of commitment that you've got to be putting in. Uh, to this fixture. We've got Roger saying he'd play Craft at right back. We've got Neil saying he fears Dan Burns not quick enough. Um, the other question uh, that really was the important one of today's press conference was Eddie Howe was asked whether this would be his last kind of game. What was the actual phrase? Let me just find the actual phrase here. His last act um, was what he was asked. And he said, I hope not. Obviously, I know it's a result result based business, but I do feel the support from the club... That's really important at this moment. We communicate all the time. I certainly don't need daily assurances. I feel comfortable in the fact that we are working as hard as we can to improve performances and improve results. I think, Aaron, we're both in agreement that this will not be Eddie Howe's last act, regardless of what happens tomorrow. Mm -hmm. I do think, however, the impact of this result won't... So, say if Newcastle got beat, um, heaven forbid, off Sunderland. I don't think you'd feel the true impact until maybe luton Bournemouth in February. Because I think after this game, yes, you'd probably be expecting a, a response, but then can you really think they'll beat Man City-Villa? Or maybe not? It's then them two games after that. I might be missing in a game. I'm not missing a game after that. I? It is. They're the other two games, Luton Luton and Bournemouth. Bournemouth and Forest yeah. in, in uh, February. I think that's when you might start to see the, the impact of a negative result, i.e. a loss against Sunderland. Um, but you know, it's not going to be his last act, is it? I certainly hope
1: not. Um, I really, really hope not. And I think... Um, there's a lot of fans on social media, thankfully, agreeing with us that they don't want to see how go if they lose tomorrow. I think if, as you say, God forbid, they do get beat, I think we'll see a lot of inevitable calls from to go from certain members of the fan base who maybe sometimes speak without thinking or you know, will fly off the handle a bit easy. Um, but for me, I think if they lose tomorrow, take sun- take the fact that it's sundered out the equation. It, would you agree with that? If they were still in the Carabao Cup, if they maybe hadn't had exited Europe, there wouldn't be that much pressure on tomorrow. Yes, there would still be pressure at a time we had Derby, but the result matters a lot more tomorrow because tomorrow, for me, is a season definer in the sense that you win, you're still in two competitions, you've got a good chance of qualifying for some form of European competition through the league, and you're going to potentially give a cup run a go. If you lose, you've crashed out of three competitions in 24 days, and you're miles off the top four, and all of a sudden, you're left. Yes, you're still fighting for your Europa Conference League, but your season is essentially all but seventy five percent done, and you've lost to your closest rivals. So it's, it's a it's a it's a huge it's a That's season a game. defining game, and I think it's amplified more because they lost to Chelsea, because they threw it away at Milan. I think that adds so much more pressure on it because you've got nothing to show for it after tomorrow. Forget beat. So
0: did you get the sense that he's handling that pressure? Oh, right, because he's he's obviously he's aware of the, the poor form they've been on. The away forms horrible. Newcastle's record in the FA Cup of late is disgustingly bad. Hmm. Injuries, you know, they're not they've not been playing well. You know, as much as they win the game for what was it seventy odd minutes against Liverpool. Let's be honest, it should have finished eight or nine nil. And of course, Liverpool are, are much the better side than Sunderland. But let's not paint over the cracks here. Mm-hmm. There is improvement needed from Newcastle United. Did you get the sense in his press comments today Eddie Howe was aware of that but he's handling it?
1: Oh he's definitely aware of it. I think he's been aware of it for a couple of weeks. He keeps saying repeatedly to us you know I'm not naive I'm not stupid I know you know what the results need to be like in a club like this with owners like these Um But just looking at Eddie Howe and listening to him, he doesn't seem rattled. He seems as calm as ever. He seems as calm as he did in September when they were going into a fresh Champions League campaign. You don't get the sense that he's rattled. I'm sure behind the scenes, he's probably getting to the training ground at five instead of six and he's probably leaving at eight instead of seven, as he usually does, because he'd be wanting to get this right. And I think we're in a bit of uncharted territory in the sense that we've never seen Newcastle go on a seven-loss streak out of eight games. We've never really seen them... Go through a period like this,
0: Um, so we need. This is going to really test how's metal. I mean, the main two issues are are in our left back, Dan Burn. They seem to be targeting that side, and teams are getting success of it. And then the midfield transition. I mean, come on! The time between Liverpool to this game is not going to be enough time to fix that, and Mm -hmm. Sunderland can see the weaknesses in Newcastle's play and they, can, they can't exploit it. Anyone, any team can exploit it. So, I mean, can you have fixed it to, by tomorrow? Because he's going to end up, I mean, realistically, he's going to end up playing the same team and the same formation. Mm-hmm. So where does, this, where does the remedy come? They've got to have put tweaks into it. I mean, that that uh, Jota goal
1: at the end, sorry, the, the penalty controversy, you, you can say what you like about the VR result, but that McAllister pass cut them open like butter I know they were stretched it was the end of the game but that was schoolboy stuff so you hope they fixed it Eddie Howe said something this morning you know he was asked sort of have you are you enjoying the fact that you've only got four games this month and you can have a little bit more training time and Howe sort of said well between Liverpool and Sunderland we haven't had that much training it's going to come after this game and before Villa at the end of the month which makes you think well have they really been trying to fix it but I mean you've got to hope so I think it just it's it Amplifies the need for a defensive midfielder, which you were saying in the summer, which we were both been saying for a while. Um, tomorrow's a different game. First goal is crucial. If they can get on the front foot, brilliant. I think they can kill it off early. If not, that's when it starts to get a little bit nervy, especially away from home. Mm.
0: I mean, the form goes out the window, doesn't it? In yeah. Derby against, like we said earlier, it's all about who wants it more. Uh, we've got Darren worried that Bruno might get sent off if things get a bit feisty. I have to admit that is and my, my I'm big concern. for the two of them. Big concern tomorrow is that one of them will get sent off. Uh, John says the world's gone mad. If Eddie's under pressure, our hmm. squad has been totally destroyed by injuries. We have played Champions League this season. Look how far we've come. And he also thinks um, it'll be an improvement from now on. And Sammy says, "How is brilliant?" Final question that I have before I get your prediction: Sunland coming to this game as underdogs mm-hmm. and they're playing up to it lapping it up you know no one expects us to win yeah. we're putting performance if we win and we're hey we've beat the riches of Newcastle Newcastle coming in this game it's interesting because do they come in as favourites I mean people are saying we don't expect someone to beat Newcastle but you look at the form and I know I've just said it's gone out the window there but they're not exactly coming in here smelling their roses are they? I think they're
1: favourites, but I think it's it's probably a lot tighter than it would have been at the start of the season. You obviously have the form aspect. You've obviously got the fact that they've got to go away from home, where they've been pretty uh, awful in the last couple of months. Adding the injuries, it's all looking like a recipe for disaster. But on paper, Newcastle United should win. I think on their day, they can win. Tomorrow is the perfect game to bounce back and completely transform the season. Allah leads away twenty twenty two. You know where you just get that one win and you just. Up again, what better way to do it than beating the rivals away from home on their own patch after the week they've
0: had. But equally I think Newcastle are favourites, but I'd just You said that about Q and Trippy as well, didn't you? This is the game that maybe season turns upon um for the better. I tell you what, I'm excited now. I'm I'm, I'm
1: after doing this poll I'm a lot more excited than I was, but I just know as soon as I go home and I wake up tomorrow morning the nerves are just gonna be back. Bigger than bigger than ever. It's like
0: Christmas Eve. <laughs> um, we've got uh, John saying keep Eddie Howe. He's been brilliant, and we've got Thomas saying Amiron will score. I promise you, that is not me putting that into there. He <laughs> has actually written that and said Amiron will score. Emma says we believe in Eddie Howe. Yes, we've been bad, but New Year and get back to winning ways. But Before go on, can I just say that that and and this is something
1: that I've seen echoed on social media in recent days, but we haven't really or you haven't at least read any out. Fans really calling for how, and I think that just shows how much credit he has in the bank. The fact that they've lost such a run, crashed out of two competitions, and people are saying even if they lose to their biggest rivals, back up. Now, that's so easier said than done because I think a lot of those people in the cold light of day when Sunderland are giving them the mocking and the gloating tomorrow might change their mind. It's easy to say now, but I think it's quite refreshing to see that... um, so many fans are ready to back out because it is 100 percent
0: the right thing. Very do. good. I mean, that is the one question I'm getting asked more than than the most. Yeah, is, yeah, me too. If Newcastle lose, will he go? Do things start to change? And I, again, I've I've mentioned it in the show. Personally, I don't think so because I think there are so many mitigating circumstances. But losing a derby is never good. It's then about the response afterwards. But Newcastle are going to win, right? Yeah we go. I'm going to get score prediction in a moment. I will be outside of St James's Park from about half past eight tomorrow morning. So if you're one of the lucky few on any of them buses and you see me coming up to you with a microphone, do get involved. Come over, say hello. I'll be looking for your view on the game, on getting up early and getting the bus over, and just generally talking about the derby. So uh, if, you, if you see us, uh, please do have a chat with me, Aaron. We don't usually do score predictions, do it, But I'm going to throw it out there. How is this going to go?
1: Um, I think I'm going to go with my heart, and I'm going to say Newcastle United win two one. Uh, Alexander Isak with the winner.
0: God, now I now feel sick actually, and <laughs> oh, I'll feel like you know that dip. You know that when you get the top of a track on a roller coaster, and you can it starts you tipping. See you, the and edge. you see over You see over the edge. That's now actually how I feel. Oh. You
1: think they'll win, though, surely? You're
0: you're.
1: The eternal optimist of the duo, sure. You know what? There was
0: a league game. I'd be, I'd be, I'd be giving Sunderland the nod to to win. But of course, they're in the championships, I can't do that.
1: Um, <laughs> Hang on. Is, are you talking about if it's a championship game or a Premier League? game?
0: <laughs> Premier League game. I mean, you know my theory about Newcastle Sunderland the Premier League. But we'll we not, we'll not get into that. that. Um, Criminal. <laughs> yes, they'll win. I think it'll be tight. I think it'll be close. And I, and I, and I do also think, as, as much as I say they'll win, I think and this is going to sound really daft saying this out loud, but. <laughs> It's in the balance. Like there's there's moments within that game, which can which can just flip it either way. So obviously an early goal is is obvious, but it's about that first challenge, isn't it? It's about you know someone going in hard. It's about people being hard but uh, disciplined. I think there's so many little elements which can just set the tone off in in, in one way or another. It's going to certainly be an interesting game.
1: That's a very long winded score prediction. Did you give a score there?
0: I don't think you have yet. Have you? Two one. You two one. Newcastle. Oh, thank you. Two one Newcastle. Right, Newcastle with the, with it with an early goal, um, someone to get an equaliser. Is then, that finally us an agreement after then, about a late winner?
1: Two years of doing this podcast, for finally,
0: finally agreeing. We're
1: finally agreeing. Two one Newcastle. Oh,
0: goodness me, yes, right. Two one Newcastle, and through to the fourth round of the FA Cup. We haven't even talked about progression in the FA Cup because no one cares. <laughs> it's all about the derby, right? Uh, head over to chroniclelive.co.uk for all the build-up to Sunderland versus Newcastle, the way time derby in the third round of the FA Cup. Myself and Aaron and Lee Ryder, Kim Kelly, we'll all be at the ground tomorrow bringing you coverage in one way or another. Plenty of video and audio as well coming your way. To those going, enjoy it, stay safe, be disciplined. To those guys watching uh, from home, why not head over to our live blog tomorrow, dedicated live blog, for all the best analysis of the game in time, in those moments. Enjoy it, guys.